you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. May God bless you. Thanks for taking this opportunity to come out and being part of this community and just uh, we're thrilled that we get to talk about things like narcissism. We get to talk to you who have hurting hearts or help people with hurting hearts. And, you know, in this whole world, I'm not sure if there's one heart that isn't hurting in one way or another, but we're just thrilled to have you with us, with me from Las Vegas, Las Wages, Nevada out there is Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Brother Doug, and I, I assure you and anyone else that I have, I am not going to be looking at any tables or <laughs> one-armed bandits. <laughs> oh, yeah, so Debbie and I went out there to console after the shooting. This is some years ago now, mm. uh, three or four years ago, and we went out right after the shooting where the guy shot from the hotel down into the concert ground. There was a country patriotism kind of concert going on, and he shot up a bunch of people. And uh, while we were there, the first time we went there, we stayed literally in the hotel that they were shooting from. And we dealt with the staff. We dealt but everywhere we went. There was nowhere you could go in that hotel where you didn't see one-armed bandits and gambling. It was everywhere. As a matter of fact, you could gamble from an iPad on the elevator. You could make bets and stuff. You could watch hands and make a bet. You Help. could bet right there on the elevator. Yeah, that's how sad and scary it is. But here we are, folks. We know that this world is filled with sin, and what happens in Vegas does not stay in Vegas. God yeah. sees everything we do, and we certainly know that. I want to talk to you today about the importance of a local church and how it's important that you're in a good one. And I would believe that maybe many of you are. But what I want to talk about, if you're not, we want to help you find one. If you are, we want to help solidify just how good the church is that you're in. You know, the Bible tells us a little bit and uh, uh, that we should know about the local church and things like that. It says, let us consider one or another provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking, forsaken the assembling of ourselves together. So not forsaken that local church, not forsaken the importance for all of us to get together and love on one another and to shake one another's hands and to worship God together, to hold each other as the manner of some is, this says, not forgetting, to, not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, holding them, caring, and much the more. As you see the day approaching, this, you know, that I think this verse is encouraging us as believers that we need to regularly gather. We need that encouragement. We need that infusion of the Bible in God's word. So we're told we have to do this. And, uh, and that's really important. So I've got some other verses. We're going to go back and forth here in a minute. But I want to write down what the most important things <laughs> that people say a church is or uh, things like that, what they want in a local church. And people write down a place where they don't judge you. Uh, a, a place where nobody deliberately hurts your feelings, a kind of place where you're respected, a pastor who's loyal, a pastor that has a good marriage, uh, some people we can learn from, uh, people who are well-trained, just to name a few. Those are from the top 10. And, and so the world looks at this and says, man, I want to go to a place where people don't judge me. Well, biblically, there is some judging that goes on, but we're reminded that if we judge other people, you know, that we're judged as well. Uh, but I don't go to my church and get judged. I go to my church and God's word 
edifies me. God's word, it does more of a work on my head than the pastor has ever done other than to introduce and make things practical to me. Uh, my church is kind and respectful to everybody. Uh, my church, everybody is welcome. Now, you got to fit certain rules to join our church, but everybody is welcome in through the door. Now, number 10 says they want to go to a church that laughs with us. Well, I want you to know that I go to a laughing church that laughs with us. But but God gives us some rules too. God shows us some things, I think, that as we go through and 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 we're reminded that God has given us uh, apostles and days gone by and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And there's a reason for that local church and there's a reason for those people and it's for the perfecting of the saints, Kevin. It's so that we can learn and grow and move forward. Yeah, First Thessalonians five fourteen has a great verse where it actually lists the uh, the things that we're supposed to do among other members. And when I look at this list, um, I think about how you know uh, just about everyone fits into it. It says Paul was talking to the Thessalonians, and um, he had been talking about the rapture, you know, and how the Lord will descend from heaven and take us to take us home. But he said, now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. And, you know, this ministry of trauma and dealing with, you know, people, a biblical approach to PTSD, it really is, it's, it's essential to get these people into a good Bible preaching local church, because that's where we go. And you know what? If we, if we're worn out, like, like it says in the book of Daniel, that Satan will wear out the saints of God. So if you've been with a narcissist, like we're really talking about, you know, kind of broadly here, if you've been wore out, if you have been, um, you know, if you need comfort, it says support the weak. So if you're beat down or if you're just you know, you just can't keep up with someone else because you're weak in an area. Praise God. The church is where you can go, supposedly, and be yourself to the glory of God. Now, you're going to get changed to be like Jesus, but while you're there, you are yourself. And that means it's a, you know, you check your pride at the door. Theoretically, you, it's a, it's a one-upmanship free zone. Like you said, you know, the, the gym says we're a judgment free zone. So when we go to church, we're not there to judge according to man's judgment. We're going to, to, to look at one another as, are you in Christ if not, we want to help you get saved. Are you in or out of Jesus? And if you are saved, are you walking in the flesh or in the spirit? That's the really the only two goals that we should have toward each other. And, and the way that practically plays out is in this verse, we comfort the feeble-minded. Why? To help them draw close to Jesus. We support the weak. Why? To make them desire to follow us as we follow Christ, to tap into the preaching of God's word, to, to, to get help at the altar, whatever, to be patient toward all men. Praise God for the church. 
Yeah, exactly. And that, that whole idea of feeble-minded, I don't think it just goes after people with no IQ. I think, you know, we go through stages where we, we may be weak-minded in one area and the church will be there mm-hmm. to scoop us up and, and help us in those areas. How many times have you and I went to churches, Kevin, where, you know, we need help fixing our camper or help to do some of this or to do some of that. And by the time you leave church, someone's up alongside of you willing to help you out. And that's just <laughs> among the many benefits. So I loved what Kevin said right out of the top. We, we, we won those who are unruly and and disorderly, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, that are causing division. We say, listen, you're messing up. We're comforting, you know, so there's warning going on. There's comforting going on. There's supporting the weak going on. There's patience, boy, uh, demonstrating kindness, you know, through patience with people, just loving people. That'll, that'll change a life. And that's why we want to talk to you folks about the local church, because we have that and we want you to have that. So if you're not a member of a local church, uh, you need to be. And, and we want to talk practically uh, about this. And, and I'll tell, you know, my first great church that I went to, um, I think was in, in Little Rock. It was in Jacksonville, South Carolina. I was on recruiting duty outside of Little Rock Air Force Base, just got saved. And man, there were committees for when we were sick to bring by food. There were people looking out for us. There was, we had built in friendships. We were in town just a couple weeks and we had five or six people coming over to check on us. And, and, and we exchanged phone numbers and looked out for one another and cared for one another and babysat for each other's kids kids and loved on each other. And when I was sick, you know, and my wife had to be somewhere, her friend dropped me off soup with the kids, you know, and, and so many of those things, Kevin, they're so significant. Yeah. Yeah. The church is, is meant to be God's people gathered, uh, you know, God's kids It's God, you know, God's house. So what's he doing in his house? He plays with his kids. He hangs out and, and his kids come and they're like, Hey, you know, what's, what's dad got to say today? What's on the table? What did mom cook up here? Hey, let's do this. And, and you just, you know, it's, it's, it's different than anything else. I know after I got saved, when I got into a church, it's like you're describing Doug, it was like heaven on earth. In fact, when we first pulled up to the church, I'd heard it was a real good church. All we saw was one of their buses in the parking lot. And I looked at the person with me, a new Christian as well, and we said, I guess they might meet in buses. Let's go. So we were headed to the bus, and someone said, can I help you? They said, the church is over here. Then we saw the building. It was not a big building, but yeah, praise God. We were just looking, and it it did not disappoint because as new Christians, we were just thrilled to hear God's word and thrilled to see people that loved God's people. Yeah, and while that's there, folks, we're going to come right back and we'll share a couple stories that uh, God blessed us through the churches. We'll be right back. Hang with us. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements.
Well, praise God. I want to share one story with you about that kindness, about that, uh, as Kevin was talking a little while ago out of First Thessalonians, about looking out, having patience, caring for one another. And I remember a lady named Carol Bray, and I'll never forget this. We had moved up to New York from Virginia, and it was a real pivotal time for our kids. We, we had a son that was seven years old and another son that was four years old, and we had just come from a great church in Alexandria, Virginia, and we we moved up to New York, and when we were in New York, we had just joined a church, and we wanted to jump in and help out and make a difference. So we went over on a Saturday, and I was helping a brother uh, run some plugs and different things like that for the ladies' room. We were putting in just a portable uh, heater just for the ladies' hot water because it took so long for the hot water to go through the building. And we ended up later putting one in the men's room as well. But I remember I came out and my boys were out playing. And as any of you who any of you who've been in northern New York or northern America anywhere uh, in the USA, you know it's so muddy and rainy and snowy and sleety. And even in September, October, I remember it was about October, and we were there, and everything was all muddy. And when I got there, this lady, Mrs. Bray, Carol Bray, was vacuuming and shampooing the hallways and the rugs coming into the church. It just smelled so good. It looked so good. And I told the boys, I said, just play out here. It's a beautiful day. It was about 55 degrees. If you need anything, yell in the door and I'll come and see you guys. And they were playing like out in the, it was actually a fenced in playground. Uh, and there was another brother out there with his family and the boys were out there playing. And I remember I wrapped up and I came down the hallway and I saw these mud tracks going all the way down the hallway. And I said, thank goodness that's not one of my kids. I told them to stay outside. And, and I turned around, and they were both my kids, muddy from head to toe. So I, I carried them out the front door and rinsed them off with a hose. And Mrs. Bray came out the front door, and I said, Mrs. Bray, I said, I want you to know that my boys and I, after I get them washed off and get their shoes off, we're going to go in and vacuum and re-shampoo those floors. She said, I won't hear of it. She said, boys, I'm so glad you're part of this church. She says, it does my heart well to see boys out here playing on a Saturday. And she had tears in her eyes. She said, I'm so happy. And I'll tell you, brother, it's people like that that we need in our lives. Mm. Yeah, brother. Yeah, as you're talking there, I'm thinking how, you know, the 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 church is God's it's God's way of uh, you know, meeting with his kids again and it's God's way of his word going forth. I was thinking a minute ago that uh, we live in a day when the church is being dis- church. The idea of church is being deconstructed, uh, deconstruction or re- recovering these recovering people. That um, not everyone that's recovering is this way, but a lot of them are narcissists that are, or at least some are narcissists that are trying to project their own resentment at something that they experience in church on everyone else and spread it across, uh, spread it around. But the church is, but really, if you let the church be church, and if the pastor is not a narcissist, you know, he's not a megalomaniac who's trying to, um, you know, if he's not someone who's full of arrogance and pride, you know, with a generous dash of pessimism and respect of persons and saying, you know, self-aggrandizing and a critical spirit, you know, just, I mean, narcissism finds its way, unfortunately, sometimes into pulpits and independent churches, which is, I, I believe, the biblical way of doing it. I'll mention that in a, in a moment, but independent churches, they they don't vet on a 
huge national level. They vet as a church, and unfortunately, ignorant churches allow narcissists sometimes to snow them over and to become the leader in the church. And uh, and yeah, they become abusive pastors. But sometimes the abused become little narcissists of, of their own, and they, they start a movement to deconstruct, is what I'm saying, the idea of church. And I've seen this up close, and it's very, very hurtful, and it's dangerous. But you know, if you're if you're at a church and you're knocked away from God's plan for his kids to assemble and gather and not to forsake it, like you said, Doug, if that's you, then you need to consider, you know, I shared with an individual uh, that I love very, very much. I said, you know, in in the Bible, each church is an individual organism under God that's part of his collective body. But his, this each church is a, is a, is a, is a self-existing body. And in, in the scriptures, for instance, the book of Revelation in chapters two and three, the seven churches each had their own problems and the savior dealt with them individually. There was no collective, um, diocese where he dealt with the diocese and said, get your churches in order. He said to the church at Laodicea, I'm telling you do this, or, or I'm going to pull your, pull your church out. I'm going to turn the light off. Each church, Ephesus, Pergamos, Thyatira, they each were dealt with individually. So if you are maybe trying to run into big institutionalized collective denomina- denominationalism to find a safe haven away from abuse that you've experienced. I don't think that's going to be the answer because there's going to be people there. What you want is a good church that's individually responsible to God, that is a humble servant pastor who takes the word of God seriously loves God's people and don't let the devil deconstruct that out of your life. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. And, you know, I, I told you a little while ago what the secular people looked for in a church overall, uh, looking at, you know, the overall community or the population of a particular area. Now I'll tell you what Christians say they're looking for. This is a Pew study. This is a research group that looks into these things. And some of these are pretty good. And uh, they said they, they, people look for a sense of community in a church, you know, and, and God's word talked about that where we come together and we edify one another and we show patience and we look out for each other. We point out the knuckleheads over there in 514. We warn those, we comfort those, we support those, we show patience. So a sense of community is real, I think. And, yeah. and then people are looking for meaningful uh, worship. And I think at our church, I mean, we don't have a rock band or drums, or, uh, but I'll tell you, we have a little orchestra up there, really. Uh, and uh, probably 20 or 30 people in an orchestra in our church playing wonderful instruments, bringing honor and glory to God, so meaningful worship, and it helps us get our hearts right, and it inspires us. We hear those songs of the Bible, those old songs, and sometimes newer ones, but I'm not talking about, uh, our church is not a rock and roll church. It's not a uh, contemporary type of thing, but it has inspiring, wonderful music, and and then people say they're looking for relevant 
teaching and preaching. I think well, relevant teaching and preaching really talks about what I look for too, or, you know, good Sunday school classes, uh, uh, you know, good men's study, things like that. But having a, a preacher who's tuned into God, who's, he, you know, he's right with God, his marriage is right, his life is right, he's he's prayed up, he's, he, he's ready to deliver a message that's so relative, relevant. And then Christians say they want opportunities to serve. They want strong leadership, leaderships that, that aren't, uh, you know, people worshipers and respecters of persons. And hang with us in that because we're going to talk about respecters of persons tomorrow and the problem we have with that. And they're looking for authentic people and, and, and a sense of mission. Now, folks, if you have these things that these Christians say they're looking for, I think we could put a verse on every one of those real easy. Uh, I think you're in a good church. If you're serving God and, and, and bringing others to the Lord and seeing folks saved and supporting missions and, and uh, you know, having that community that's an outreach and that loves God and no one's getting hurt and there's no narcissism, there's no crazy, stop the nonsense. That's your church. Hang out there. Pray for your pastor. Love them. Care for them. Because this is, I think, what God has for us. And if you have that, there's so many in the world that don't. So you're in a real good place if you have that. So hang with that. So we we started off and and, and we were talking about as we went into this today the local church, and uh, I think it's so important. Now ye are the body. Actually, I saved that First Thessalonians five that Kevin brought in there. He does that to me once in a while for my last verse. But now ye the body of Christ and members and put this in practice. So now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Be a member of a local church. We want to help you find one. If we can, drop us an email. Tomorrow we're going to talk about respecters of persons. Be back here with us. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.